0: Hi there. We are so glad to see you here in our little town. You may have heard of us before, and while you can't believe everything you read, we hope you're prepared to enjoy your stay. Because here, anything can happen. So, lock your doors, set aside your assumptions, broaden your mind, and enjoy your trip to Superstition. Episode one, Welcome to Superstition.
1: No wonder nobody heard you yelling. Just looks like a big ring of stones. There's nothing at all out here. Where the hell am I? No, you grew up here. It's not like you don't know your way around a little bit. Don't panic. You can't stay here. What happened? It was late. I was at home. Someone knocked on the door, and I thought, I wouldn't have opened the door if I hadn't thought. That's impossible. Whatever I saw can't be real, can it? That's what Jenny would say. Don't be ridiculous. You're just making things up for attention. Because things like that do not happen. I'm supposed to be out of town. No clue when someone's gonna come looking. Okay, pull yourself together, Catherine. Just start walking. That's west, maybe? Southwest? I'm definitely north. You have to get at least 30 miles away from town for it to look like a real desert like this. So, keep walking. What's that song grandma used to sing? Um. (sighs) Little girl, little girl, don't lie to me. Tell me where did you sleep last night? In pines, in pines, there's a... Never shine. I'll shiver the whole night through. God it is so dark out here. Listen to me. Talking to myself. Am I going crazy? No. I just have to find a road, a phone, call the police. Just keep walking, Kate. getting colder. Did I really see? No? Don't think about that. Just keep walking. Remember that time when we were little and mom took us camping? I left the tent to pee in the dark and got turned around and when they found me I'd walked eight miles all by myself. If I can do that as an eight-year-old, I can do this. I can That should have been impossible. A lot. The, the darkest part of the forest in some fairy tale, the heart of all evil, it's got nothing on the desert alone at night. You a novelist now? Dumbass. That'd make your sister happy. What's that thing granddad used to say? Things that live out here. Serial killers, old witches, ghosts of the long dead. Cross your heart, say your prayers, and they can't get in your house. I mean, he had a horseshoe hung over his front door, and I don't think that had anything to do with prayers, so... I'm sure Jenny's noticed I'm gone. It's not like she can go ten minutes without asking where I am. She'll call Tom. They'll come looking. They could be looking right now. They could already be out here. (gasps) What was that? What? Hey? Hello? What was it Mrs. Diaz at the post office says? The price you pay for living out here. No price would make it worth it. No mall, two bars. But maybe, maybe it's just the price to live at all. Snap out of it, you absolute-
2: Superstition Arizona. Doesn't look like it deserves the name. I've been driving for the last two days. Kansas to Colorado. A stop in Denver with a dusting of snow on high mountaintops. Denver to Albuquerque. Driving into Arizona, I've never seen a sky so big and so blue. Like you could just drive up into the expanse of it and never come out again. You may think you've seen sky all your life, but not like this. Once I crossed the state line, the drive got interesting. First, red-brown cliffs with pinion and cacti clinging to them. Potholes you could fall right into. I drove by truck stops and tiny towns. Firework stands in the middle of nowhere, bustling with people. Sun and dust kicked up by trucks and minivans distorting the horizon. And then, for long stretches, nothing. Nothing at all for hours but that sky and a cattle guard bumping under my tires. No cell phone service. Nothing on the radio but static. If the truck broke down, I don't know what I would have done. Someone else who leaves home and doesn't come back again. Funny. I'd expect a desert like you see in movies. Dunes and hills made of sand. It isn't like that at all here. Superstition isn't far from the edge of the muggy on rim. I stopped to stretch my legs at an overlook, hiked half a mile to a scenic viewpoint where the wind tossed my hair. Sandstone bluffs dropped suddenly at a steep cliff. Red and white rock, jagged. Like teeth. Thirty miles from town, these hills rose up and then flattened into an unexpected valley. In my rearview mirror, it looked like a wall, protecting the road or boxing me in. Gave me the creeps. I was alone on the road for miles. I hadn't seen a road sign since i turned off of the main highway. And then, the town. I only knew I'd gotten there because of this sign, a wooden one with painted letters. Welcome to Superstition, where anything can happen. Population 7,541. Someone had crossed out the one at the end with red paint, replaced it with a zero. Someone's grandma just kicked it, maybe? (laughs) Cheeky. I rolled into town on half a tank of gas. Though it really felt like superstition rolled up to meet me. One minute, I was in the outskirts, driving past someone's fenced in llamas, and the next, there I was gas station, fire station, a white building in the middle of a town square that looked like City Hall. Green grass, library, school, bar. People walking around, waving at each other in the early evening light, even smiling at me as I parked the truck. No meter to feed. I locked it anyway. I'm not sure what I expected, but it definitely wasn't this. This is the Journal of Jacqueline St. James. God, that still sounds so stupid. At least there's a bar. Destination 1, while I figure out what the hell I'm doing here. I could really use a burger and a beer and... Holy shit.
3: I know. It's a bit of a buzzkill, but management won't let us take it down.
2: Someone had turned the back wall of the local restaurant-slash-bar, the Lady in White, into a bulletin board. Maybe not too strange for a local dive, a place to tack up lost dogs and help wanteds, but this. The wall was covered in faces. Hundreds of them, captured on paper, and all of them with the same word at the bottom. Missing. That's some decor.
3: We're not allowed to hang them around town because of some town bylaw. The police always tear them down, so we leave them up here. There's a board like that in the library, too, if it makes you feel any better. Can I get you something?
2: A beer. And a burger. Lots of cheese. Thanks. Sure thing. Something in my throat stuck. Men and women. A few kids. Years of them. Maybe decades. Decades. The most recent was a photo of a young woman. A candid picture. She was laughing. I felt myself searching for a familiar face in there. Somewhere. I couldn't help it. I couldn't seem to drag my eyes away from that wall. Till the bartender put my drink down on the counter, anyway. She caught my attention.
3: Here you go. Haven't seen you before. Passing through?
2: Something like that. She had the bearing of someone who wouldn't put up with any of your shit, and the face of someone with a secret that she dared you to ask about. I had no idea what the answer would be if I did. I wanted to know anyway. So, what's with that, then? Like, that one, girl in the middle? That's recent, isn't it?
3: (sighs) Kate Millie. She wandered off four or five days ago. Nice girl. Silly sometimes, but nice. You know her? Everyone knows everyone around here. If you live here long enough, which most people do. Went to school with her sister, and I pour her drinks. Vodka tonic.
2: Did she run off with a boy or something?
3: (laughs) What, you a private detective or something? Maybe. Maybe. People take off and don't look back. That's what they say, anyway. They? Sure. People. You don't know anything about this town, do you?
2: I just got here. You want to fill me in?
3: What are you doing here, anyway? People don't usually come here unless they've got a reason to.
2: What are you talking about? Amazing spot for a vacation. Those alpacas I saw on the drive-in? Choice. There's a hotel here, right?
3: Yeah, down the street. Tell Kathy you know me and she might give you a discount. Good place to do your sightseeing. As
2: long as I can get a drink shaped like the Eiffel Tower, I'm happy.
3: Wrong state.
2: Can I get another?
3: If you tell me why you're here.
2: Why do you care?
3: Because mostly I pour cheap beer to the same people every night, and I'm bored as shit. And you're new and asking questions. That's why.
2: Fair enough. I'm here because... because I'm looking for someone.
3: Well, welcome to the club. What does that mean? I know this place seems quiet and peaceful and all that. That stuff. But we have more open missing persons cases here than anywhere else in the country. Holy
2: pepperoni. Why?
3: Depends on who you ask. The land takes what it wants. That's what my dad says, anyway.
2: What does that mean?
3: means I don't know if you'll find what you're looking for. Most people don't.
2: I learned more about the town of superstition from the men drinking at the bar, after I bought us all another round. And another... It was pretty hard to offer anything after that bombshell of a statistic, but they did their best. Superstition Arizona was, as far as I could tell, officially incorporated in 1932, though people lived in the area as early as 1890. There was water underground, 100 miles from the nearest substantial city, 50 the edge of the Navajo Nation, surrounded by those high cliffs of limestone and sandstone. A good place to live, they promised me. Low unemployment, very little crime. Not a bad school. Friendly people. Tragedies, they happen anywhere. But here, people take care of each other when bad things happen. People care for each other around here. I tried to imagine how that would feel growing up here. How different it would have been. It felt claustrophobic, everyone knowing your secrets. There's a lot of power in anonymity. In being able to escape the places where bad things happen to you. That couldn't happen here, I thought, as I walked back to my car. I suppose this was the kind of town where people turned in early. The town square was dark and quiet, except for a square of light from that white courthouse, and...
4: Jenny, you have to listen to me.
5: I don't get it, Tom. I don't understand. I don't know what I'm supposed to do.
4: A man and a woman
2: coming down the courthouse steps. She walked like someone who was really pissed, and he ran after her. I wasn't about to get myself involved in some lover's quarrel, but she was really mad and it was dark and there was nobody else around. Plus, he was wearing a cop uniform, which automatically made me a little nervous.
4: It's not that simple. It's not that I don't want to do something. I'm doing everything I can, you know that. People have been searching all week- Nobody's
5: serious about it. No one cares, not really.
4: That's not true. Jenny, I care about Kate as much as I care. I was out there every minute I had this weekend. You know that. It's not my case. The Chief's good at this. I promise.
5: I don't like him, and I don't trust him. I've done everything right, and I don't understand why nobody in this police department will do anything. Don't you
4: know I would if I could?
5: I don't know why you won't.
4: I'm not doing it on purpose. That's not fair. You think after Jules that if you I would think just this is
5: anything like Jules then you can't tell me it's not your problem.
2: That's
4: not what I said at all and you know it.
5: Leave me alone.
2: I was just about to beat it from this very personal shouting match when I saw two things that stopped me. One, the woman's expression. Something far beyond anger. Grief, heartbreaking and brutal. It's strange seeing something that you felt so clearly inside on someone's face. And two, I recognized her. Well, more or less. Sometimes expressions, anger instead of laughter, can change how someone looks, but even so, I was sure that side by side, this woman and her sister were probably hard to tell apart. This woman was the sister of the missing girl from the photo in the bar. So I didn't walk away. I know. I hear you calling me an idiot already. Is everything all right here?
4: It's fine. It's fine.
2: Nice looking guy. Good eyebrows that got real imposing when he was glaring. Which he was. At me.
5: (sighs) Go back inside, Tom. I'm sorry. We must be making a lot of noise. Can I help you?
2: Uh, I'm sorry to bother you. I just left the
5: bar, and I saw... Oh, Kate's photo. Yes, well, unless... have you seen her? No,
2: sorry. You just look like her. That's why I stopped.
5: She's the prettier one, believe me. If you haven't seen her, then what exactly do you want, miss?
2: Well,
4: thanks for nothing. Jenny, come on.
2: Think she told you to go back inside. I'm a private detective. I'm not from here, but I'm here looking for something, and I overheard your conversation. Jacqueline St. James.
5: You're a private detective?
2: I may have neglected to mention I'm only sometimes a PI, and only if you don't ask for any real proof. You have to have a criminal justice degree in a lot of states to get certified. Criminal justice degree. But life is 50% bullshit and 50% luck, right?
4: Jenny, this is ridiculous. Let me drive you home.
5: No, thank you. My name is Jennifer Malay.
2: Okay, 75% bullshit. I had a couple old business cards in my wallet, and I handed her one. My ex had them made as a gag gift when I turned 27, so I hoped she wouldn't read it too closely.
5: I don't think I need to say this, as you saw the poster but my younger sister went missing a week ago. I've filed a report and there have been search parties, but nobody seems to want to take it seriously.
4: You and I both know Kate probably left on a whim.
5: Maybe, maybe not. Do you think there's something you can do? I'd be willing to give it a shot.
4: For a couple grand, sure.
5: Tom! Lieutenant Madrazo. I do not require your assistance any longer. Good night. I'll do it for free. Really? You would? Why? Because
2: cause nobody offered do the same thing for me when I could have really used it.
5: Thank you, Miss St. James, I really don't know how to it's express- It's no problem.
2: My cell number's on the card. Give me a ring in the morning and we'll meet up, discuss the details. What?
4: I'll be checking in with Jenny later tomorrow afternoon, so don't try anything. No
2: offense, pal, but I don't think she wants to talk to you at all. I'm the first to admit that I have a few habits that aren't great for me. And here's the big one. Impulse decisions that land me in a load of trouble later on down the line. Usually they're a little less altruistic, but the minute I walked away I wanted to take it back. What the hell was I doing? Getting involved in this place, these people's lives. Missing sister. A tragedy. Everyone in the entire damn world has a tragedy, and most of the time nobody else cares. What was I playing at, thinking that I could do any good for that woman and her sob story? I can't even fix my own. I once made a promise to myself that I'd stop believing in pipe dreams and impossibilities. The thought that this, any of this, has any connection to my life? That's me breaking my own promise. But if I was any good at keeping promises, I wouldn't be here at all. That's what I was thinking about when I walked around a corner and saw the church, flooded in yellow streetlight, like a spotlight suddenly illuminating a stage. It was the church from the postcard I'd found in that hotel room, peeling white paint and a rusty gate warning visitors away and that weird-looking steeple with a jagged metal spire pointing skyward. Well, what did I say about impulse decisions? I was able to pop the pretty flimsy lock on the old wooden doors with a hairpin. Inside, dust. Layers of it. Like sand in the desert, silver-gray over the floorboards and pews. The light from my phone cut slices through the thick air, The only sound? My own heartbeat. I had no idea what I was looking for with my spurt of petty breaking and entering. My feet cut a path through the dust. Nobody had been in here in a long time. Fifteen years my brain supplied, but I had no reason to think that was true at all. They could have locked it up last week. Terrible cleaning crew, though. I made my way down the aisle, to the pulpit, following the beam of light. Looking back towards the half-open door, I could see the path my feet had taken, an imprint of my passing, a mark that I'd been there. I haven't spent much time inside churches for the Jewish reasons as well as the bisexual ones. So I can't explain it, but I knew where to look, a feeling way down in my gut, the kind I've learned not to ignore. Call it a hunch if you want to be cliche about it. Jack St. James, private eye. I reached under the pulpit, through the dust on the floor. There was something there, wrapped in brown paper. My name wasn't written on it this time, but I could tell when I peeled the paper back that it was meant for me. A journal. A slim leather book with battered edges. It smelled like dust, like campfire smoke, like something left alone for a long, long time. Standing there, Holding the book in the dusty church, phone illuminating the air like a torch, I felt like a burglar, like an archaeologist. I opened it and held the light up to read the inscription on the first page. This is the Journal, the journal Samuel, of Samuel St. James, St. James, 1870.
4: Kansas City, August 1870.
2: The next morning, I nursed a hangover with a stack of pancakes and a gallon of coffee. Hungover because I'd killed half a terrible bottle of whiskey I'd found in the truck in order to fall asleep. And pancakes and coffee because the very sweet hotel owner, Kathy, wasn't at all put off by the fact that i checked in so late. At exactly 9.30 on the dot, Jennifer Malay called me. So precise, like someone had told her once that it was the perfect time to do business. Twenty minutes later, my hangover and I walked our way over to the Superstition Public Library, two blocks away. Jennifer Millay is a librarian. Go figure. Funny old building. It looked like it could have been built any time in the last century, and like it hadn't been renovated since. But it also felt loved. The rundown place was busy for a Saturday morning. Parents and kids, some teenagers sitting on the steps. Teenagers, on a Saturday morning. Don't you have teenagery things to do? Made me wish for a second I had spent more time in places like this when I was that age. Would have been better for me. I mean, I probably have better stories than those kids. I was struck, again, by the feeling of this town. Comfortable. Cared for. I've never lived anywhere that felt like this. doesn't feel like the kind of town where people go missing all of the time. I met Jennifer Millay in her office. A framed picture of herself, her sister, and a woman I assumed was their mom sat at her desk. I sat down across from her and put on my P.I. face.
5: I don't mean to be rude, but you don't look much like a private detective.
2: Well, I left my trench coat at home, and those hats are a metaphor.
5: A metaphor for what, exactly?
2: Tenacity? Or maybe being nosy? Well, some
5: tenacity couldn't hurt. Long as you know what you're asking for. I suppose you want to know about Kate. Yeah. The chief of police told me that I don't need to worry. That I should know how little sisters are by now. Do you know how little sisters are? Eh. Everyone just keeps saying that this is just like her and it's not a true problem. But they won't tell me what I should do if it is.
2: When did you see her last?
5: Five days ago. We don't talk every day, but I called to ask her a question on Wednesday morning, and she didn't pick up. I stopped by after work, and her car was gone, her apartment dark. Her landlord hadn't seen her since the afternoon before. She was supposed to be going out of town, so he wasn't worried, but I was. I called our uncle, a few of her friends, her boss, her boyfriend... That's when I went to the police.
2: That cop last night seems to think she's done this on purpose.
5: She is supposed to go out of town for a few days, uh, drive to California to see some friends. The police think she's just angry with me, not picking up the phone. They expect her to turn up again any minute.
2: So she's done this before. Sometimes. Sometimes.
5: Kate doesn't always think about other people. I think she considers doing things on a whim romantic. She used to fight with our mother and drive out into the desert in a boyfriend's car. Things like that. Anywhere else she might have gone? Any family nearby? Our father passed away when we were kids. Mom raised us herself. She died two years ago. I'm sorry. Thank you. And that's it? Our uncle, my mom's brother, lives in town. He hasn't seen her either. My mom grew up here. My grandparents were like another set of parents to us, lived down the street. Grandma's in a retirement home in Sedona, and they log visitors. Grandpa died for good eight years ago now. He
2: died for good? What, the first time didn't
5: stick? Well, yes. Oh, I'm sorry, I forget. It's one of those town legends everyone knows. He came back from the dead when I was a kid. Right. Sure. What? Well... That's the joke. He had a heart attack, some idiot at the hospital couldn't find a pulse, and they declared him dead. He woke up stark naked on a gurney before the autopsy, asked if he'd been sleepwalking again, and requested a ride home. They turned his funeral service into a welcome home party. (laughs) Honey, I'm home, and I want to suck your blood! As far as I recall, he asked for a beer, and then wondered why we were all screaming. Anyway, that's it. We're it for each other. Your sister. You said she's got a boyfriend? Gunner. Yeah, he lives in Flagstaff, west of here.
2: The cops talk to him yet?
5: On the phone. He's a firefighter. He spends days at a time in the field, and I don't know if he's back in town yet. Can I ask you
2: what she's like, your sister?
5: Flighty. Outgoing. We're very different.
2: Do you get along?
5: We're very different.
2: Miss Millay.
5: I'm older. Mom worked. I was more of a surrogate parent to her, I think. I worry about her because somebody has to. She thinks it's condescending. I don't understand what she wants. She thinks I overstep.
2: (laughs) Sounds familiar.
5: You have siblings? Uh, well,
2: I'm the younger one.
5: Maybe you can get into her head then, more than I can.
2: Did you fight before she was supposed to leave on her trip?
5: We had a disagreement.
2: (laughs) A disagreement? Like she dog-eared some library book
5: pages and won't apologize, or a real one? Nothing we haven't argued about before. I'm worried she has no direction, she's frustrated I don't trust her to make her own choices. It wasn't even that heated, really. We've had that conversation a hundred times and we've been meaner to each other about it. I told her she needs to think about her future. She said, you aren't my mother. I just can't stop thinking that it could be the last thing my sister ever says to me. You aren't my mother. I just wanted- It won't be. The universe isn't
2: that nasty. At least, I want to think that.
5: You're the first person so far who seems to be taking this seriously. The police in this town- (laughs)
2: <laughs> that cop.
5: Oh, Tom. Well, it's not his fault entirely. I apologized this morning, for the record. He isn't really who I'm angry at, and he wants to do his best. I don't think he enjoys that job, and I don't know why he still does it. It's hard for many people here to take him seriously. They still see him as a teenager who tucked his jeans in, doing his best to fill out a uniform. That's mean, isn't it? You all are real tight-knit around here. It's a small town. Most people are born here and don't ever move away. Kate wants to. She talks about it.
2: Don't take this badly, but... Is there something that makes you think this is different? Bigger than her just acting out?
5: This... Sounds... Ridiculous. It's okay. I have this feeling. That sounds insane, but there it is. I have this terrible feeling that something bad is going to happen. I worry a lot sometimes, but this is different. I can usually write things off, but this… this is different.
2: Maybe I understood why the cops were a little hesitant to take her seriously. Filing a police report because someone's not answering your calls and you have a bad feeling usually means they're going to laugh at you when you walk out the door. (sighs) Maybe I should have too. Jenny Millay struck me as someone who's real tightly wound all the time. Always jumping at shadows. Crying wolf. But the thing is, I know what she means. That certainty. Right in your gut. Living dread. Where you know that the worst is going to happen even though everyone around you keeps telling you not to worry. Where does your sister live? You have a key to her place?
5: I'll give you the address. I don't have a key, though.
2: Uh, you mind if I break into her apartment? You could probably just ask the landlord. Right. I could probably just ask the landlord. I left the library, not sure what to do next. I had yet to dig into the book I'd found hidden in the dust of the old church, the one that had been waiting there, like it was expecting me. I hadn't even thought about it too hard, because thinking about it made me feel, well... It didn't feel real. This town, the sequence of events that got me here. But Jenny? Her fear did. I didn't really know if I could do anything for her, if her sister was off on a bender or just didn't want to be found. I mean, I've been there. But if it was something else, I needed to know more about superstition and about Kate Millay herself. That's what made me pause, I guess, at the rows of photographs hanging near the library's front desk on my way out. City council photographs, someone in a suit cutting a ribbon on that nice courthouse building, a parade, that kind of thing. Some of them were old, black and white and grainy, 1929, 1940, 1973. Superstition had been here a while, and the pictures traced the town's development, more buildings and more people and more women wearing pants. I skimmed over them, wondering how the town changed and also how it didn't. The bare bones of it seemed to remain as it grew, when I saw her. At first I thought, what I always think when it happens. My own mind playing tricks on me. I looked more closely. A blurry face in a newspaper print photo of the parade. One face in the crowd, an onlooker not expecting to have her photo taken. I bent even closer, so my nose touched the glass. I must have looked insane, like I'd seen a ghost. In a way, I had. I was sure. Sure as I could be from grainy ink print a little over a decade old. Dark, curly hair. Those dark eyes. A pale face made paler and black and gray. Even the jacket she was wearing, exactly as I remembered. In the crowd at the Superstition Fourth of July Parade, A date marked 15 years ago was my mother, which might be a little weird, a funny coincidence and nothing more, if not for the fact that two months before this photo was supposedly taken, my mother had disappeared.
0: Welcome to Superstition was written and edited by Sarah Kolb and produced by Caitlin Hill. This episode features Amanda Rainey as Kate, Kira Apple as Jack, Jory Wells as Izzy, Alex Gallegos as Tom, and Natalie Hunter as Jenny. Show art design by Mai Stamatelos. Are you too wondering why the local police in your tiny town won't do anything at all about your missing relative who is always looking for trouble? Tell us about it. You can contact us on Twitter at podsuperstition, at superstitionpodcast.tumblr.com, or by email, superstitionpod at gmail.com. Did you just enjoy the episode? Let us know and leave a review. That may be good luck. Is there someone in your life who's acting strangely, doing something unexpected or out of the ordinary? They may be a changeling. Changeling children are said to be fairies, sometimes children and sometimes the very old swapped out for real children in infancy and raised by human parents. Some folklore suggests cooking with eggshells to make the changeling point out your silliness and reveal itself. We aren't sure what to tell you if you find you like them better as a changeling, though.